back to the budget. We don't want a bond, except we do want a bond. <laughs> we um we have a billion dollar transportation shortfall, except we don't. <laughs> Fred Ely from the MacIver Institute's on the phone with me to try to sift through the politics of this budget. Uh, as Senator Strobel said, it could have been such a better budget. But just looking at the transportation end of this, Brett, uh, boy, this is um, this is about as least inventive, uh, you know, a legislature as I've ever seen trying to find cost savings in a budget, particularly since you've spent the last six months months at your organization handing out practically cheat sheets for how the legislature can do it. Good afternoon, Vicki. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So let's yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is a uh, strange way to end this. Um, they are clearly in let's get it done mode, and uh, the fi- the budget moved out of the finance committee yesterday and moves on to the floor next week. Uh, as you pointed out, um, we were there are some legislators dead set against bonding uh, bonding for transportation projects. Uh, we we're borrowing too much money for uh, road projects, but as you pointed out, and Senator Strobel pointed out there was a significant increase in bonding for capital projects all around the state so uh apparently uh, some bonding is bad but some bonding is good <laughs> some capital bonding is bad and some capital <laughs> bonding is good we should point out the road projects we're talking about that's capital borrowing but um but long-term pro- road projects that are going to be around forever but right. somehow bonding for a building is okay but bonding for a bridge right. or um, and and the idea, right, is not. Brett, the idea of bonding for a building is it's going to be around for a long time. But so's a road. Um, no, the, this is the politics of bonding. And this is the politics of the transportation bonding issue specifically. If you eliminate all bonding, you can generate what looks like a billion-dollar shortfall. If you can generate what, what looks like a billion-dollar shortfall, you can create the demand for new revenue streams. I think that's what we're seeing here, and I think that's been exposed. For a gas tax increase, let's Correct. call it what it is, right? For a, right, a uh, revenue well, I, increase, a gas tax increase, because that's what the lobbyists want, because it's an ongoing source of new dollars for them going forward. Whereas bonding is limited; it has an end date to it, and the gas tax doesn't have an end date to it. Exactly right. Once you increase that uh, tax, it is never going away. Uh, and as you pointed out. Uh, Earlier this uh, this month, we uh, we did a story on the uh, fake letters to the editor campaign in in uh, favor of a gas tax, uh, where you had uh, similar letters under different names showing up all across the state, extolling the legislators to just get it done, raise the gas tax, solve the billion dollar transportation financing crisis. Uh, lo and behold, though, when, if you did a little research and you looked deeper into those letters, uh, used almost the exact same verb, verbiage in certain passages, and they had uh, a, the same person signing the same letter claiming to be from two different locations in Wisconsin. So uh, I think there's a lot of PR bluster going on here trying to convince the mainstream media and the uh, 
and the legislators that somehow everyday Wisconsinites are clamoring for a gas tax. Well, yeah, and it was also used to justify the $100 vehicle fee for electric and hybrid vehicles. Um, it was to, because we have to close that shortfall, $8 million generated from this vehicle fee. And I know a lot of conservatives aren't upset about it because they don't drive electric and hybrid vehicles, uh, by and large. But um, but at the same time, the same lie about the, bu- the billion-dollar shortfall, we'll explain that in a second, um, was used to justify a vehicle fee increase. And, and you know, Governor Walker says he's comfortable with that. I, I think there's all sorts of uh, politics going on here, and politics makes for strange bedfellows. So um, what you think would normally be objectionable to a fiscal conservative uh, in some cases uh, is not. And uh, hopefully this thing will be done, the budget will be done soon, and leggies can go home and get out of Madison and, Maybe some of this madness will actually end. What is the what is the status or what's the future of that wonderful package of reforms that was rolled out in the Department of Transportation? Because as it stands right now, yes, it does look like, although we're going to get it delayed, it does look like there will be a full prevailing wage repeal. Um, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yep. I mean, that, that was like rolling a boulder up the backside of a mountain for a conservative Wisconsin legislature. We don't know why, but it was. But that's going to start in 2018, September of 2018. But where are the rest of the reforms? Where's the inspector general for the DOT? We have the audit that's still hanging out there. Billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars in waste. Uh, Dave Ross, the tra- transportation secretary, the new transportation secretary, has said, don't give us any more money. There was a proposal for um, all kinds of, you know, different ways to improve the process of funding, going to a design-build model, taking a look at other, you know, other mechanisms of savings. All, all of that appears to have just hit the cutting room floor. Most of that did not make it in. Uh, as you point out, prevailing wage repeal is in, and that's no small victory. There were a lot of special interests working against that provision and thankfully, uh, the uh, fiscal conservatives in both houses prevailed upon leadership, and that made it in. One-year delay, but still uh, the full repeal is in, so that's great news. They're doing position reduction at DOT. That's positive. They're requiring DOT to sell uh, land that it is sitting on and using $4, millions of, $4 million of those land sales for the transportation fund. So $4 we do million. Have some $4 million. Yeah. So we do have some reforms. As you point out, though, other reforms didn't make it in. Uh, the one reform uh, that looked like it made it in initially, uh, Senator Strobel's federal state swap of uh, funding. That's the situation where in Waukesha County you had two sections of road rebuilding done, both sections identical. The section that was done with federal money cost $8 million to do. The section of the road that was done with just state money was only $6 million. You know, prime example of how much more all these federal regs and uh, Bacon Davis add to the cost of road project. Uh, unfortunately, the, the directive to the, the department to minimize federal money wherever possible, saving our state taxpayers money when it comes to road building, that didn't make it in. Right now, it looks like it's the language is just requiring DOT to study this idea. I know, I think Senator Strobel's uh, disappointed in that. So there's clearly more that can be done. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, even if some of these provisions don't make their way back into the budget next week when it gets to the floor, 
as you pointed out, Secretary Ross, uh, I think, has taxpayers at heart. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air over there at the department, and hopefully he can take some of these ideas and implement them himself. Implement them himself. Well, the legislature, legislative the, approval. Yeah, but the legislature should just take up the issue, the package of reforms. It seems like they have started to listen to lobbyists, and they're not listening to taxpayers. Um, and they forgot, you know, they, they forgot that you're supposed to dance with the girl who brung ya. And that was we, the people, who liked the idea that these guys were committed to reform. But it, it does sound like almost complacency is set into the legislature. What is the what is the chance at the end of the session? I know everybody wants to go home. Uh, but what is the chance at the end of the session that other types of legislation might actually advance? I know that there was some question about whether or not a, con- a constitutional carry bill would advance, whether or not, you know, Senator Strobel might be able to repackage his fed, his fed state swap or his referendum package back into a piece of legislation. Or does it look like they really do just want to wrap things up and go home? Well, I think the budget since it's so long overdue. They want to wrap up and get that done. But I do think there is the opportunity and the likelihood that uh, this fall, uh, separate legislation, independent legislation, uh, would make its way through the normal process. So as you point out, there's all sorts of more reforms that we can do. And uh, I know uh, conservatives like Senator Strobel, Representative Hutton, Representative Coenga, uh, uh, they're all going to be pushing to continue to do more to make sure taxpayers are being protected and uh, uh, the cost of building roads and other reforms, all of that is considered uh, uh, and taken up this fall. Yeah, and the free speech bill as well, as I understand that's stalled in the Senate right now. It is. All right. I, w- I should point out one other thing, too, uh, Vicki. There is one really bad item in the transportation budget that was passed by finance. They've created a new bureaucracy attached to the Transportation Project Commission. And word around the Capitol is that this is kind of a, uh, a shot at Governor Walker and his uh, Department of Transportation. It would essentially be uh, allow, it would give the legislature its own independent transportation staff uh, that you would assume would be used to uh, keep the DOT in line or try and come up with an alternative narrative. Uh, maybe perhaps Secretary Ross isn't quite comfortable sharing. Uh, mm. Maybe this independent bureaucracy be making the case for gas taxing. Yeah, that's. The, let's hope Governor Walker, you know, finds a big fat black magic marker to strike that out. I think that's high on the list. Um, another thing that's also bad in this budget is language that would protect quarries that do state road work, but not protect sand mines from the environmental wackos trying to regulate them out of existence. If, if it's good enough for quarries, why isn't it good enough for everyone else? Exactly. Um, anyway, if you want to read all about the budget and everything else that's going on at the state capitol, best place to do that is at the MacIver Institute's website. And that is for you at MacIverInstitute.com. Brett Healy, thank you. Thanks, Vicki. Take a quick break and be right back.